You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode 210. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and I am so excited to share some great life and business lessons with you today from a creative powerhouse that I consider a mentor from afar. You know the type of mentor that you've never met, you likely will never meet, however, they have made a huge impact on your life. Well, for me, that person is Shonda Rhimes. Now, if you aren't already aware of who she is, she actually owns Thursday Night Television. So she's the award-winning creator of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, and a few others as well. She also wrote one of my favorite books called Year of Yes. The lessons I'm sharing with you today are things that really resonated with me. And when I read her book, and by read, I mean I listened to it, I am a huge fan of Audible. Rarely do I pick up a physical book and read it. I'm always listening to books from Audible. I think I need to get them to sponsor this podcast. I need to look into that. But anyway, when I listened to this book, I just fell in love with her. And when you listen to somebody read their own book, you really get a good sense for their personality. So the woman is hilarious and brilliant at the same time. So in this episode, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight on how these lessons that I'm sharing with you have affected my own personal life or my business life as well. Okay, so as we dive in, I first wanna start with giving you a little framework for today's episode. And since the lessons I learned were taken from her book, Year of Yes, I wanna take a minute and share with you why she wrote that book. So Shonda and her sister were in the kitchen getting ready for Thanksgiving dinner way back in 2013. And Shonda was telling her sister about some parties, talk shows, and conferences that she'd been recently invited to, you know, the Hollywood type stuff. And she was talking about how she was too busy to do any of it. And without blinking an eye, her sister said something to her that day that became the wake-up call that Shonda needed to transform her busy life, and I use that in quotes, her busy, crazy life, and ultimately write the book Year of Yes. So her sister said, you never say yes to anything. Well, you know how sisters know each other all too well. My sister could call me out on anything like that. So I totally get it. And her sister knew that Shonda was hiding behind being busy to avoid doing things that scared her and doing things that would take her out of her comfort zone. And her sister knew that she had zero balance in her life and that she was actually miserable. Now, would the outside world have known that she was miserable? No. However, Shonda knew that her sister was telling the truth. Like she knew that her sister had called her out and it was the truth. So listen to what Shonda wrote in her book after she had this epiphany that something major had to change in her life. She said, quote, this could not possibly be what having it all was supposed to feel like, could it? 
Because if it was, if this is what I spent all this time and energy working so hard for, if this was what the promised land looked like, was what success felt like, was what I sacrificed for, and then she trailed off telling the reader she didn't even want to go there. Like she realized, I'm looking at my life right now, and if this is what I worked for, I'm miserable and it's not worth it. And I thought that was such a huge aha moment for her. And the reason I bring it up here is because I think many of us are working our tails off, hustling to the core. And if we're not careful, we're going to work ourselves into the ground. And one day we're going to pop up and say, wait, was this what I was working so hard for to feel burned out and overworked and tired? So you've got to be really mindful of that. I know we're creating businesses we absolutely love, but you also could work yourself into the ground. So just be careful. Okay. So from all accounts, Shonda was a person that you'd think had it all, but it was hearing her sister say, you never say yes to anything and realizing that she was in fact denying herself opportunities that could really make her happy that she decided to say yes to anything and everything that scared her for an entire year. So 2014 became Shonda Rhimes' year of yes. I don't even know if I could do this. I don't know if I could say yes to everything that scared me for an entire year. I'd like to think I could do it, but I don't know. That's pretty ballsy. Okay, so before we move on and I share the five lessons I learned from Shonda Rhimes, I want to ask you two questions. Number one, are you at a place in your life where you're wondering if all the hard work you're putting into growing your business is even worth it? Now, hard work is one thing, but being miserable is another. Seriously, who wants to bust their butt only to be miserable when they really take an honest look at what life looks like for them. You probably aren't there yet. Many of you are not in that space. However, some of you are dangerously close. So just get really honest with yourself about that. And question number two, are you ready to make some changes in your life so that you can embrace things that scare you or that are outside your comfort zone? Those things that deep down you know would probably make you a happier or more successful person. So with this one, I too have to take a really close look. So do I embrace things that scare me? Do I step out of my comfort zone? I think I used to do that a whole lot more in my early days. Many of you have asked me to talk more about what life and business look like in the first few years of getting my business started. And I actually was way more courageous back then because I felt like I had to be. I had to hustle. I had to say yes, even if I wasn't really sure what I was going to do or how I was going to do it because I was so determined to make this business work. But now that I've seen some amazing success, I probably don't embrace the scary stuff enough because truth be told, I don't necessarily have to. 
And my success is nowhere near Shonda. I would never compare myself to her, of course, but I'm sure that's kind of how she was feeling at times. She had reached a place in her life that there was so much success that she didn't have to say yes to the scary stuff because she was doing well as things were. But that also puts a damper on the light in your life, the fun stuff, the exciting stuff, the stuff that gets you kind of scared, but gets you going. We all need that in our life. So I'm starting to explore that a little right now as well. I don't have it all figured out, but of course I like to teach you things that I probably need to examine as well. So this is one of them. So I just went over the questions. Number one, are you at a place in your life where you're wondering if all the hard work is really going to pay off or is it all worth it? Or two, are you avoiding some things that scare you? Are you not jumping into that uncomfortable zone because you've either gotten complacent or you just are scared to do it? If you answered yes to either one of those questions, then listening to this episode may mark the day of some serious transformation in your life. Really, these five lessons inspired and encouraged me to live my best life, and I learn from them still every single day. Obviously, I'm a work in progress, and so I apply them to everything that comes my way, and maybe you will want to do the same. So let's go ahead and get to it. Lesson number one, I'm calling this one, don't just dream it, but do it. In Shonda's book, she told a story about when she gave a commencement speech a few years ago at her alma mater, Dartmouth. In her speech, she was encouraging the graduating class to be doers, not dreamers. She would say things to them like, you want to be a writer? Guess what? A writer writes every single day. Start writing. You want to travel? Sell your crappy car and buy a ticket and go to Bangkok. I love this. It's not that she's bashing on having dreams. It's good to dream and have big goals, but if you keep your head in the clouds, you're going to go nowhere. It was funny. Shonda said that years and years ago, she dreamed of being Pulitzer Prize winning author, Toni Morrison. Yes, she wanted to be Toni Morrison. So she said she spent lots of time dreaming about it from her parents' couch. And then she realized, wait a minute, Toni Morrison already had that job and she wasn't interested in giving it up. Can you relate? Have you ever dreamed of being so-and-so or having so-and-so's business? You look at someone else's business online and you think, I want to be them. I want to have what they have. And it reminds me of that quote, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Words to live by, right? So just kind of check yourself there. And it just comes back to comparing yourself to everybody else and realizing, wait a second, you got to do you. Now, I've always pretty much been a person that digs in and gets stuff done. I am definitely a doer. But this lesson about doing instead of just dreaming does keep me motivated and on track in my business. Every single day, I'm taking action, and I know that's a huge part of my success. Like, let me repeat that. Every single day, I take action toward my goals, and if at any time I feel like my head is in the clouds, I've got to pull it back down and say, okay, where's the plan? I mean, if I want to get really specific, where are the action items inside Asana, our project management tool? If it's not in Asana, then I'm dreaming it. 
So that's a good indicator. If you don't have a solid plan, whether it's written in your notebook or it's in your project management tool, you're probably in the clouds with it. So something good to think about. Here's another example. I didn't just dream up this week's podcast and then leave it at that. My team and I broke it down into multiple steps and we talked about what we wanted to include and how we wanted to deliver it. And we did all the work. And by doing, I'm making one of my personal business goals of getting my podcast out there every single week, a reality. So if I come up with an idea, great. But if it's part of my bigger goal, which it is to deliver a podcast to you every single week, I got to take that idea and I got to make it into something actionable. Just a little example, but truly it goes a long way. So in an effort to be a doer, we all need to take action, right? I think we're on the same page there. And you know how I like to make these episodes very actionable. So I have a little homework for you. If you're in the car or if you're on the treadmill, you can do it later. Just make a mental note that you want to print out the freebie for this episode. If you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 210 download, because this is episode 210. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 210 download. If you go there, I've got a freebie for you. And to give you a little hint, I'm going to take some of these ideas in your head, some things that are floating around, and I'm going to have you get them on paper and make them more actionable so that you do more and you dream a little bit less. And when you do more, you're going to actually get to those big dreams and goals that you set for yourself. So I want you to get this freebie because again, it helps you take this entire episode and all the lessons and make them incredibly actionable. amyporterfield.com forward slash 210 download. Okay, moving on to lesson number two, I'm calling this one, find your own balance. So just for the record, I'm not going to tell you to find more balance in your life. I feel like that's a cliche. I feel like that's easier said than done. But Shonda explains this in a very practical way. In the book, she talks a lot about finding a good personal and professional balance. And when she's talking about that in the book, she not only had a super important big job, but she also had three little ones, and I mean little, at home. Now, I've got one teenage son, a dog, and a husband, and sometimes I don't even know how I get through it all. So can you imagine me with three little ones and a big, amazing job like that? Like, I don't know if I could do it. But she literally kept her sanity through all of it. So first of all, let me say that achieving a perfect balance between work, social, and family is impossible. We all know that, right? So perfect should never be your goal. Now, Shonda dropped a nice little truth bomb when she said, quote, whenever you see me somewhere succeeding in one area of my life, That almost certainly means that I am failing in another area of my life. The reason I love this woman so much is because she tells the truth. Let me read that one more time. Whenever you see me somewhere succeeding in one area of my life, that almost certainly means that I am failing in another area of my life. So here's an example. So if you were a Grey's Anatomy fan, then you will never forget Sandra O's 
last scene. It was epic. Sandra O oh is Christina in Grey's Anatomy. Anyway, watching that last scene live was a huge importance to Shonda because for 10 years, she had poured her heart and soul into that character to develop her and to make her the person that she is. So it was the last hurrah. So Christina was going off the show. So spoiler alert, Shonda wasn't there to witness the last scene because guess what else was important at the time? Her kid's school musical that was going on at the same time. She chose her daughter's school musical that day over something incredibly important at work. Now, this is what real life balance looks like. There's not going to be a perfectly easy solution every single time. Now, on the flip side of that, she also admitted that if she was working late on a script for one of her shows like Scandal, she'd probably end up missing bath and story time at home, which as parents, we all know that is an important time. So she doesn't always give up the work stuff for the family stuff. She definitely flip-flops back and forth. So she found her own sense of balance. And obviously, the choices were not always easy. Listen, as entrepreneurs, we are no doubt living full lives. And to achieve some sort of balance, there's got to be some give and take. Yes, there will be hard decisions to make, but it's up to us to make daily choices through a balanced type of lens that each of us is going to have to define. Your balance only needs to make sense in your world. So I want to say that one one more time as well. Your balance only needs to make sense in your world. Even if that looks or feels something like you hopping from one foot to the other to maintain that sense of balance, that's okay. You know, people always ask me how I keep everything in balance. And I got a lot of questions when I did the 20 question episode with Hobie. There were a lot of questions around work-life balance. And those always make me really uncomfortable because my answer is I don't do it very well. I try to have that balance, but then I also know it's never going to be perfect and I need to be okay with that. And then I remind myself that I am the only one that defines my balance, and that's why I feel uncomfortable. So to explain to all of you what balance looks like in my life, you might actually judge me and say, you don't spend enough time with your son, or you're not home enough, or you're not present enough with Hobie. But you have to remember that we each live our own experiences, and what I do and how I keep the balance works really well. I have an amazing marriage, and I have a really good son, and I have a great connection with him, but I probably am around less than the average mom. I mean, I'm guessing. I don't know. I can't compare myself to anyone else, but let me give you a quick example. So Cade had a two-day wrestling match, and it was during B-School. And so I chose to be there on the first day and I chose to miss it on the second day. And the second day is not a really great day to miss because that's when all the awards are given out. So I had to see Cade get an award through a video that Hobie took in a bunch of pictures. It doesn't make me feel great, but I was needed in my business on that second day and we were in a really big promotion. So I'm actually totally okay with that. I still feel that tinge of, Oh, I wish I could have seen it live, but I'm okay with it. Now, here's a mistake I made that I'm not okay with. 
Hobie was actually in the firefighter wrestling. I'm totally getting the title wrong, but it was like a really big international wrestling competition for firefighters. And Hobie is 46 years old, so it's not like he's a spring chicken. And so it was a big deal. He trained for it. He promised Cade that he was going to do it. So he kind of wanted to get out of it. And then he thought, no, I promised my son I was going to do it. And it fell during a really busy work week. And Hobie is really quick to say, don't worry, you don't need to come. I'll be fine. It was really far. It was in LA, which is far for us with a lot of traffic. And so I couldn't just go and watch and come home. He had to spend the night there for two nights. And so I had planned to be there, but Hobie downplayed it. Like, don't worry. I know you're really busy. Stay home. So I stayed home and I worked instead of being at this big wrestling match that Hobie had, like my, I'm talking about my husband, not my son kind of feels weird, but anyway, he went alone and he did his thing and he won a silver medal, which is really amazing. The guy hadn't wrestled since high school. So, and he wrestled some really great big guys. So he got silver and no one was there. No one was there to take his picture. No one was there to celebrate. And I should have been there. And so in that moment, I really did feel like, okay, I got the work-life balance thing wrong this time. I chose work over Hobie, and sometimes that's going to happen, and I'm okay with it. But in that instance, I let it go a little too far. So sometimes I do that. I, I think I'm okay, and then I realize, what was I thinking? Like, that is my husband. No matter if he said I didn't need to be there or not, I should have been there. So I really screwed up. Hobie never made me feel like I screwed up, but I need to just ask myself, are you going to be okay with this? If you miss this, are you genuinely going to be okay with it? Whether it be a work question or a personal question. So anyway, just wanted to share that with you. So I just poured my heart out to you. So how about you? Do you ever feel wacky when like totally out of balance sometimes with the the work-life balance that we all try to get down and kind of try to perfect? Well, now we know, of course, you can never perfect it. And now you know, if you're listening to these lessons and really taking them to heart, that they only matter to you and you have to define what that looks like. So remember I told you I have a freebie for this episode? I want you to do a little bit of work around your own definition of work-life balance. I want you to get a little bit more clarity in it because if I had done that earlier, I wouldn't have felt so bad or I wouldn't have missed Hobie's big wrestling experience, I would have made a decision that would have felt good to me. So I was a little out of whack. And if you feel out of whack, I want you to get the freebie, amyporterfield.com forward slash 210 download. If you go there, you'll get it right away. Okay. So moving on. All right. Our balance lesson perfectly transitions us right into our next lesson from Shonda, all about creating boundaries, boundaries that will help you actually thrive. So let's move right into lesson three. And I could have lumped this lesson into the whole lesson about balance, but I'm not going to do it because without clearly defining boundaries for yourself or for sometimes for others in your life, you're going to have a hard time creating any sort of balance that truly benefits you. So think of it this way. Boundaries are the framework for your very own definition of balance. Boundaries are just the rules or guidelines to what you will or won't do and what you will and won't allow. So in Shonda's book, she talks about some of the most important boundaries she puts in place 
during her year of yes. And I think these might be some of the very boundaries that you, my dear listener, might need to put into place too. Okay, so truth be told, I need to put some of these into place. So that's why I thought maybe you too. So let me just go through some of the boundaries. I thought they were just really interesting. Number one, no checking or sending emails after 7 p.m., period. Now notice she doesn't say five. She's reasonable. She's an entrepreneur, 7 p.m. Now working on Saturday or Sunday, unless there was some sort of emergency or filming where she really needed to be there. Home by 6 p.m. for dinner so that she could eat with her kids. She decided that no would be a complete sentence. This is a good boundary. She wasn't going to feel like she had to give excuses for saying no to stuff. Oh my gosh, this one I am notorious for. If I say no and then I feel guilty because I'm a people pleaser, I'm gonna give you a whole story behind it. Not a lie, like I'm gonna tell you why I'm saying no, but it would feel really good just to decide and tell myself no is a complete sentence. I like that one. And super funny, but super important, no hot glue gun or no home-baked cookies. Okay, there's a great part in the book about Shonda attending some school meetings and a room mom was telling everyone to bring cookies to some event and that they had to be homemade. Well, Shonda, she just kind of about lost her mind when that came up. She actually blurted out a profanity in voicing her disbelief. Can you even imagine I would kind of die? So no one was going to tell her that she couldn't bring Costco cookies. And let's be honest, we all know that Costco cookies are kind of amazing. I mean, funny, yes, that this mom said they had to be homemade and Shonda was like, uh, no, but that is a real boundary that she put in place. She wasn't saying that she wouldn't bring cookies to the school event. She just wasn't going to stay up late into the night baking. That didn't work for her. And the other scenario of going to buy the cookies and showing up and being there for her kid, well, that worked. She also wasn't judging that the other mom was going to make the homemade cookies. She just said, like, more power to you, but I'm not going to do that. And that's what boundaries are all about. Letting someone else have their own boundaries and their own rules, but that doesn't mean they have to be yours. Believe it or not, when I read some of the boundaries that Shonda had put into place, I actually felt a sense of permission to do the same in my life. Maybe it will work for you too. So I thought, I'm just gonna read through the list. Sometimes just hearing what other people are doing and what's working for other people can inspire you and then just spark some ideas as well. After I read the book, that's when I decided, well, actually it was a a little while after, I've listened to, let me correct myself, not read the book, listened to the book probably three or four times. I have this funny thing that I do where I just, love a book. And so I'll just listen to a chapter while I'm going to pick up Cade from school. Or when I'm getting ready, I'll listen to another chapter, sometimes out of order, just some of my favorite tidbits from any book that I really like, especially ones that are more self-help and really good for me to hear and really get into my mind and, and use the lessons. And so I'm constantly listening to different chapters from this book. And so recently when I listened to this boundaries chapter again, I decided that I was not going to work on Fridays. And so I've been taking Fridays off. 
I also struggle with this one. So sometimes I cheat and I'll work just in the morning and then take the rest of the afternoon off, which still feels really good to a girl that's worked every Friday since she got into the work world. I mean, taking Fridays off is a very big leap for me and I'm not great at it. I'm actually borderline okay. However, if I just keep working at it every Friday and my team has been amazing, I'll actually say, you know what? I'll end up working Friday because we need to do this or that. They'll say, "Mm, no, I don't want you working Friday. Where else can we put this? So they know it's important to me too. And they help me, which is really cool. I probably get it right 60% of the time. That's why I'm saying I'm okay at it, but I'm determined to make it hundred percent. So that is one of the boundaries I recently set up. Also, one quick little tip. I found that using tools in my business like Asana, that's my project management tool, and a team Google Calendar, they've given me some framework to be more mindful of the time I'm spending on my work and more mindful of when I'm stepping away. So I'm going to share this a little bit later in another episode, but we recently started to do a morning check-in and an end of day check-in with my team where everybody, when they start their morning, they're checking into Slack, our communication tool. They're checking into Asana. There's certain things you've got to do to acknowledge any new tasks that came your way. And so we all know as a team, everyone's going to check in in the morning. Everyone's going to check in in the evening. And just those quick check-ins and knowing my due dates and Everything goes into Asana. Every task I need to do goes into Asana. So that actually gives me some boundaries as well because there's a container for all of that. If those things were floating around in my head, I can tell you I'd never take a Friday off because I just always think, oh, what about this? What about that? But now if it's in my project management tool with a deadline, then I know I don't have to do it on Friday because there's actually a designated time for me to do it. That was a big aha for me. So just wanted to share that with you. When my new program comes out all about organizing and systematizing your online business, I'm going to share more of that with you for sure. Okay, we've made it to lesson number four, and I call this one, it's good to have difficult conversations. I know that sounds like a oxymoron, doesn't it? But hold on, just listen to this nugget of wisdom that Shonda shares about having difficult conversations. Quote, no matter how hard a conversation is, I know that on the other side of that difficult conversation lies peace, knowledge, an answer delivered, character is revealed, truces are formed, misunderstandings are resolved, freedom lies across the field of the difficult conversation. And the more difficult the conversation, the greater the freedom. Oh, so good. I mean, peace, knowledge, answers, freedom. Can I get an amen on having a little more of that in our lives? And you may be thinking, sounds good, Amy, but I hate having difficult conversations and I'd rather avoid them at all costs. Believe me, I don't love having them either. Actually, I think that as women, so I know we've got men and women listening right now, but I might go out on a limb and say that as women, we struggle with these difficult conversations more than men. At least that has been my own experience. So ladies, can we just resolve to fix that? The main reason I don't like to have difficult conversations is that I never, ever want to hurt somebody else's feelings. 
yeah, I've already said it. I'm a people pleaser. Let's just say I'm a recovering one. I'm trying to get out of that. But I know it's not healthy. I know that I am definitely a work in progress over here because it's not all about me worrying about other people's feelings. I get that, but I still go back to it. So one thing I found is that I can sort of have a loose canned plan in place in the event that I end up getting into a difficult conversation. So in her book, she gives some really great examples of these types of statements that we can equip ourselves with. These are ones that you'd use when it looks like you just need to draw the line and shut the conversation down instead of rambling or giving in. So you have the hard conversation. And my big fear is that that conversation continues and I kind of dig myself in a hole and I don't know where to take it. Like I've said what I need to say, but then it kind of continues on. So from there, there are some statements you can say to draw the line and end the conversation. Something like, that doesn't work for me, or I'm done, or this isn't worth it, or you aren't worth it. Now, (laughs) this one may seem like a little bit harsh, but Shonda shared this one. You can maybe just say it in your head to give yourself permission to end the conversation. And then again, no. Remember, she said that's a complete sentence. No. It might take some practice. I know for me, it definitely has taken some practice, but you might be surprised how empowering it can be to break out one of these statements when you've had the courage to have the difficult conversation and now that is enough. You know, it's interesting when it comes specifically to difficult business conversations, it's not so much as me not wanting to hurt feelings. That's more of like personal conversations, But in difficult business conversations, I'm more afraid that I won't know what to say or that I'll get stuck or I won't sound intelligent. I think it goes back to me learning my own badassery. So this is one of my very favorite words. So Shonda uses it in her book, so I can give myself no credit for that one. But what badassery means is that if we're working hard and we're seeing proof that we're helping people, let's just own that and not let insecurities get in the way even when we are in difficult conversations. And so I've got to kind of remember my badassery when I'm in those difficult conversations in business and I'm feeling like maybe I won't know the answer or I'm going to get stuck or I'm not smart enough. I just think, no, I got to bring up some of that badassery and, and just move on. So anyway, just something to think about. And I thought you might like that word as well. Use it, use it whenever you want. So I found that if I want the peace and knowledge and answers and freedom that Shonda says comes from having those hard conversations, then I've got to put myself in situations where I can step up to the plate, where I have the courage to feel awkward and uncomfortable, but not back down. I personally know that I've got to get to that place where I'm speaking more of my truth and not hiding behind what I think would make other people happy or would be the easy way out. That's another thing. You can quickly avoid a hard conversation if you just don't have it because you think, well, that might be better for everybody. That truly is the easy way out. And I do believe that the more difficult conversations you have, 
the more courage you have to stand up for what you know is right for you and the truth for you. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm turning left and right and having difficult conversations all the time. But yes, they do come up. And yes, I'm getting better at them. And this is something that if you shy away from as well, it is a game changer as an entrepreneur. And like I said, there is a silver lining here. The more you engage in these difficult conversations, the easier they get. And as a recovering, that's what I'll call myself, a recovering people pleaser, I need to remember that I'm not put on this earth to make everyone else happy and make sure that everyone else is feeling good. That would be a good post-it note for maybe I put in my on my bathroom mirror. And so speaking of, if you need some mantras and if you need to kind of get down to your own truths, that's part of the freebie of today's episode. Today's episode I know you might not want to get into the touchy-feely kind of things, but if any of these lessons are resonating with you, get today's freebie because you're going to work out some of these things and make it actionable. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 210 download. That's where I want you to go to get the freebie. It's going to be worth it to you. And it won't even take you that long to get through it, but you're going to have some ahas and you're going to get some clarity around some of these lessons. Okay, so we've made it to lesson five, our final lesson. And this lesson is learn to take a compliment like a boss. Oh, I really struggle with this one. Recently, I was with a group of really amazing women. There were five of us at the table and I was with my friend Danica Breisha, who owns Model Meals. She had invited a few of us ladies over to her house for dinner, and I was sitting next to Jasmine Starr, who happens to be a very dear friend of mine. And someone said, Amy, you know, tell us about your business and what you do, because I didn't know the other two women well. And I just didn't want to say anything. I just hate talking about myself, and I didn't really know what to say. And so Jasmine said, I'll tell you about Amy. And then she told my whole story. And it was beautiful, and it put me in a good light, and she bragged about me, and I wanted to die. And in that moment, I thought, oh my gosh, I need to get it together. Like I need to be able to take a compliment and not act so weird and uncomfortable with that. I think my weird and uncomfortable attitude around Jasmine saying these beautiful things about me probably made everyone else uncomfortable as well. But that part's the not important part. The important part is I need to learn how to take a compliment like a boss. And maybe you can relate to this one as well. I think the truth is that I know that my inability to accept compliments well comes from a place of not feeling worthy or deserving of it. And I'm actively trying to get better at just graciously accepting a compliment because deep down, like if I was being really honest, I know I'm worthy of that. But for some reason on the surface, I just don't want to admit it or I want to act like I don't. It's like the weirdest thing. I don't even know if I'm making sense here, but hopefully some of you are saying, no, I get it. I get it. Please. I feel like I'm drowning here. I don't know. Just to be fully transparent, I love to teach and I love to be important. I like to be your go-to person if that's how you feel about me. I want to be people's mentors. My ego is definitely part of that. I want to be a big shot in my industry. Like I'm very aware of that. I don't say that out loud like I just did now, but I'm just telling you because we're all family here, right? But at the same time, I don't want people making a big fuss out of it. I don't want to 
make like it's a big deal. So I want it, but I don't want it. Like I'm sounding crazy right now. So let's just move on. What I love about Shonda is she decided to start taking the compliments that she was getting like a boss. And in her book, she wrote, I'm going to say yes to accepting any and all acknowledgments of personal fabulous awesomeness with a clear, calm, thank you, and a confident smile and nothing more. (laughs) Fabulous awesomeness. I love how she says that. But I can't even imagine if someone were to give me a compliment and I just say, thank you, and I just smile at them. That feels very awkward to me, but I am going to do it. So this is the lesson that I've learned, but not really. I haven't done it yet. I just really admire the lesson. Have you ever admired a lesson but haven't really applied it? Yeah, that's me right now. So there's something I want to tell you as you're listening to this. I know you are out there working hard, serving others, and getting stuff done. You're making an impact in this world, and you deserve the compliments that are coming your way. I deserve the compliments that are coming my way. I'll own it too, so I won't be a hypocrite, but I want you to hear that. I want you to embrace your fabulous awesomeness and try and just say thank you and just smile next time you get a compliment. Uh, It's going to be awkward, believe me, but I want you to do it and I'm going to do it too. As a matter of fact, let's try that now. I'm going to tell you something and then you just smile and say thank you. Even if you're listening to this as you walk through the grocery store or you're on the subway or wherever, let's just do it, okay? So here it goes. You should be proud of what you're doing to move your business forward. And I love that you care so much about making an impact in this world. You're pretty amazing. Uh, Are you saying it? Thank you with a smile. So there you go. You got your first one out of the way. I'm going to practice it. You're going to practice it. So there you have it. I want to run through those one more time. We went through all five. So here we go. Number one, don't just dream it, do it. Number two, find your own balance. Number three, create boundaries that help you thrive. Number four, it's good to have difficult conversations. And number five, learn to take a compliment like a boss. Good stuff, right? So there you have it. I hope these five lessons that I learned from my mentor, Shonda Rhimes, have given you a new perspective on how to live a more fulfilling life and to run your business from a place of empowerment and truth. Now, don't forget to download the freebie I mentioned a few times throughout this episode, amyporterfield.com forward slash 210 download, amyporterfield.com forward slash 210 download. The worksheet I created is going to walk you step-by-step through some exercises that go along with the lessons I talked about today. It's a bit of a journaling type of exercise, but believe me, it will make everything you learned more actionable. And if you want to just jump to the lessons that spoke to you most in this freebie, then go ahead, do it, do it your way. But I want you to make this actionable. 
Okay. So thank you so very much for being with me here today. I cannot wait to talk to you again next week. And next week's episode is kind of funny because I'm going to be talking about the early years and I'm going to be telling you about all the things that I said yes to in the early years that were really important for me to say yes to. But now I've shifted that and I actually say no to them today. So it's kind of funny. We're talking about the yeses and nos and balance and boundaries and all that in today's episode. Well, it kind of continues into next week's episode, but a very different conversation where I'm going to get into strategies and tips and tricks of online marketing and what I did back in the day versus what I do now. So we're going to get back into the nuts and bolts of online marketing, and I cannot wait to see you there. That will be episode 211. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 